Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pastalka, and I am excited today because we have none other than Dave Chrysler from the Chrysler Cub, and that is Chrysler spelled without an H. <laughs> I always want to make sure that people know that. And we're going to be talking about using AI and experience to operate or to optimize operations. Dave, thanks for being here today, man. Yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, be on the show with you, Damon. And, uh, you know, we, we said before we went live, you know, we could probably geek out over stuff like this for oh, the yeah. next 10 hours. Uh, yep. So, you know, we, we maybe we maybe we should have like a operations marathon one day or something, Ooh, you know, like get Kurt, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Like get Kurt involved. Let's see if we could have like our own little uh, manufacturing telethon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the manufacturing telethon. Oh, I'm gonna write that down because that would be fun. Yep, ah, that would be fun, dude. Yeah, right. Something we're gonna have to do. Got me going <laughs> on that one, Dave. So, Dave, let's familiarize people with who you are and how you're helping people by talking about your background, and then jump into how you're helping people today. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, background spent uh, uh, many years in a, in a corporate career working for a, a large publicly traded company. And, uh, you know, as I say, uh, I was a transition guy. Uh, so I think we, you know, we share that, uh, that part of history. And uh, while at the time I would never tell you how, how great it was, I could say that looking back, it's really, uh, you know, it, it's what allows me to do what I do today. And it's kind of ironic because uh, when I think about all of those stories and all of those, you know, things that, uh, that I was put in place uh, for and to deal with, um, you know, it, 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 it's ironic to me because it's the stuff that I have loved and, and, you know, have always loved it. So even though, you know, you get tossed into difficult situations and you have to figure it out and you kind of navigate forward, um, you know, and, and those, those practice runs help you right to now see things more clearly, more quickly. Right. It's, it's, uh, you know, the, the, uh, you know, Lots of bruises uh, coming up through there. But yeah, and as far as what I do today, you know, that's a bit of the background and, you know, grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So I've always had this uh, spirit around me in terms of doing my own thing. And, uh, you know, so uh, today the business is really around working with leaders um, to help them optimize their operation. And, you know, what that really means is looking for opportunities to increase efficiency, looking for opportunities to drive additional profitability and kind of, you know, leveraging our existing resources, right? Everybody wants to talk about, Hey, let's talk about how we can implement AI and machine learning and IIoT. And let's talk about this new tech stack and let's talk about, you know, whatever else it is. And the reality Mm -hmm. of it is for many companies, you know, we're not leveraging the resources we already have. We're not leveraging our existing tech stack. We're not diving in and really tapping into the people doing the thing. And, you know, all of that uh, through process improvement initiatives, through, you know, kind of all the things that we we talk about and do, uh, there is a tremendous amount of opportunity to tap into, which means increased profitability, which means, you know, additional resources and capital to reinvest, you know, it, it the list goes on and on. So, yeah, yeah. And exactly like you said, that I wrote it down here because we get the, the, whatever it's the, the shiny object syndrome, you know, in manufacturing, it's really easy to think that this new ERP system or this new piece of equipment or this new training is what we got to do across the board with everybody because we're not 
and and really with some good optimization work you can get a lot farther and utilize what you've got a lot more fully and and go three quarters of the way maybe than you would get with with other large capital expenditures yeah i mean you know it's (laughs) you want to talk about how can you reinvest in your business right and that could be for additional growth that could be for capital that could be for human capital right like yeah what better way to do it than with the stuff you've already got yes and and there's so many conversations around you know we can't uh, you know, retain and, uh, you know, find and attract, uh, you know, amazing people. Well, you know, some of that I would argue is going to be process related, right? Yes. Systemization, like, you know, how are you engaging people in and around the team to be able to drive, uh, you know, not just initiatives and improvements, but, but to do their job, right? Like, Mm -hmm. How are you providing the tools and the necessary bounds and the goals to be able to do that on a consistent basis, right? That's the other part is the consistency with which we're able to deliver. Um, So those are conversations, you know, it's interesting to me and you have to see the same thing, but it's interesting to me. Everybody knows that it needs to be done, but nobody likes to really talk about it. You know, we, yes. we talk about the symptoms that are out there. We talk about, you know, being surrounded by fire all day, you know, but we don't we don't generally like to kind of talk about it. Not, you know, I think it's probably because it's not the sexiest part of business, uh, but it is the most fundamental and it's where you make the biggest gains uh, in my experience. Yeah. Well, it, it really when you when you start to talk about if you're a profitable company and you can start to save money in your current sales your current processes you just made more profit because you're already profitable and every dollar of cost that you eliminate is one more dollar of profit and a dollar of profit that comes through revenue is much harder to get because I might have, say, if I've got a 40% gross margin, I've actually got to get whatever that is, two, two and a quarter, $2.2 dollars of revenue to make a dollar in profit. Uh, well, not necessarily. Well, no, my math, my math's not good right now at this late in the afternoon. <laughs> I know where and, you're going with and this. It. <laughs> yeah. You know where I'm going. This is water. It's not food yet, but, but, but you know what I'm saying? So yeah. dollars in profit, when there's, when that opportunity is there, you can increase your profits quickly with with those kind of improvements and and the other thing that is that is really fundamental to um lower middle market business owners that are in the you know the 50 sub 50 million dollar revenue range that are even close to considering uh exiting or selling their company is that when you sell that company you have to pay off your equipment debt and if you're an equipment junkie, which I used to be, I loved buying new stuff, man. There's yeah. nothing cooler than spending right? a million bucks and watching that thing coming in big pieces and putting oh, yeah. it in. And oh yeah, good stuff. But then when you get when you go get it, you're at it where we call the red zone in the last couple of years of owning your business and you're getting ready to to you know you're going to be selling eventually. That equipment, that investment has to make money back much, much faster, or you're just paying that money back, yeah. right? You're just, you're just paying that off before the new owners take it over. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's a big, it's a big decision. And there's so many reasons to, to go back through your entire process. And I, I really enjoy, and I, I'm going to get your input on this too, and in, in what you're seeing, but how many people really take the time to go end to end, like from customer contact to buy something to receiving payment and really look at the whole thing? Yeah. I mean, not many, right? That's the short answer. Uh, yeah. It's it's incredible to me how few people consider uh, that that process flow, right? The value stream mm-hmm. map, you call it whatever you want, right? Like yeah. it always, always gets to me when people are, you know, want to be ultra specific. It's like, guys, come on, you know, like if people aren't even looking at this stuff, so who cares what we call it, right? Like, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, but, but yeah, to your point, um, there are so many opportunities when you start to take a look at those things and, the other part, you know, the thing I like to talk about is, you know, the the thought process around the the cycle of improvement and where that really comes into play is 
we're talking about taking a look at your business through that strategic lens, right? That should be, you know, at, at the very least an annual event, right? Yeah. But depending on the specific aspect of that, we should be talking about that on the quarter, on the half, and looking for these key opportunities to, you know, drive some influence, drive some yeah. optimization. Um, yeah, it's it's really incredible. I mean, we, we were talking about capital purchases, right? Equipment purchases. Well, you know, when when I when I had my corporate role, right? I'll use that as the example. We had a very yeah. rigorous, as you would imagine, a very rigorous, you know, capex process. And so in that, right, we had to take a look at at kind of what's the strategic plan? Like what's the SNOP plan, right? Like what are we going to do with what we've got today? What do we think is going to be coming in the front door? How are we going to execute that today? How is this a capital equipment purchase going to fit into that mix? But it was from the forecasting perspective, right? Like we were already updating hourly rates to understand what's the impact, what's the burden, additional burden going to mm -hmm. be for this new piece of equipment purchase? Can we pay for it and not just pay for it, you know, but, but, you know, really turn up the juice with this thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and so many times the answer was no. Right. And not no from the corporate perspective of like, no, it makes no, you know, it was no at the plant level saying, when I start to peel back all of these onion layers and I start to look at, you know, what what the impact is going to be by spending a million plus dollars on this, you know, fill in the blank. It's like, man, it's just it's not there. You know, like I would have to go out and sell 30 percent new revenue in a category we don't even touch today to be able to yeah. do this and to make it make sense. And, you know, again, so back to what you said, you know, like. There's so much opportunity, whether we're talking about process, uh, you know, improvement, kind of optimization, or whether we're talking about strategic business planning and how that can ultimately impact these types of things at, you know, at the plant level. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's for me, it's kind of fundamental and foundational. And so I try to, you know, shout it from the rooftops as many <laughs> as many days that LinkedIn will let me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we're, we're obviously seeing a little bit about AI in the news today. This little thing that they call chat GPT and Bard and Bing chat and are, are, you know, they're changing things a little bit, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. I've heard of those. They heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, you know, it, it really, when we're talking about optimizing operations, you, we, you know, the title of, I, I love what you say on your, and I got to read your, your LinkedIn profile is, and this, I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up here while we got it. Cause I, I, uh, I was looking at it earlier and I, I closed the window, but you know, um, sorry, I'm, I'm slow today. Slow today. All right. It's all right. It's okay. We're all good. Yeah, it was a good thing. So here we go. Got to read it. Outsmarting AI in manufacturing and beyond using actual intelligence and practical expertise. So you, you've obviously got some, some ideas about AI. And so what are some of the things you think people are doing right now or expecting AI to do that it really is not going to help them with right now? Yeah. I mean, I, I think when people think about AI and an and interesting, you know, fact about AI, right? Like it's been such a hot topic lately, but the reality of it is it's been around for decades, right? Decades. This stuff has been around for decades and, you know, so yeah, it's cool. The latest iteration is amazing, right? It's conversational. It has a lot of knowledge base. There's many, many things that you can do with it, but I am a firm believer that, you know, AI in, in kind of any uh, generative AI. And, and, and I know there's kind of, I'm guarantee there's going to be somebody that's going to jump into this, you know, with what I say. Right. But it's like, look at, you know, people buy from people at the end of the day and yeah. technology cannot replicate the human connection. Mm 
We mm-hmm. are pack animals at the lowest level of the evolutionary yeah. chart, you know? Yeah. And so when I think about it, I love AI, you know, I'm a chat GPT, uh, you know, uh, power user and, you know, I've got the paid subscription. I use yeah. it all of the time, but the disconnect that I see for a lot of people, and it doesn't matter, you know, what the uh, kind of genre is, right, or or or, or who it is, um, but people think that it's going to replace, you know, practical experience. And, you know, as smart as ChatGPT is, uh, it will never be able to replace the practical experiences and taking those experiences and applying them given new scenarios, right? And what yeah. I'm really talking about is how do you apply that given a new you know, set of variables, people variables, equipment variable, like all of these things, it does not have the ability to reason in the same manner that we do. And I'm not saying that our reasoning is correct, but, but yeah. what I am saying is that you know, humans have this innate ability to take their experiences and to look at other factors and to bring all of that together in a, you know, kind of a practical sense. Right. And I don't think that I will see that in AI in my lifetime. Maybe I'll be wrong. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I, I, it would certainly be interesting to stay tuned to see. Right. But, but that's where I come from. You know, it's a great tool. There's a lot of things that you can do with it in terms of, uh, you know, uh, programming or consolidating yeah. oh. data, pulling out analytics and taking a look at those types of things. Um, you know, but if you were to jump into chat GPT and say, um, you know, I need some ideas on how I can optimize my order to cash flow processes and implement an inventory management system, it would give you the highest level of garbage that you've ever gotten, right? It would tell you, well, what you should consider is a technology that would allow you to, you know, and it's look that that's great. Right. And yes, at the highest level, that is correct. That's exactly what you should be doing. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of glossed over all of the important aspects of it. It's glossed over Uh, So exactly how should I handle this team member who does data entry, who thinks this new process is crap and is not going to work and, you know, we should be doing it this other way. ChatGPT does not know how to handle that. Okay. It, it, It may give you some high level leadership lessons, but it's not going to be able to dive into the details and say, I would do this first. I would do that next. I would do that, you know, third. So that for me is the, you know, it's a, it's obviously a big play on words because it's such a hot topic for me. And, uh, you know, I'm passionate about the stuff that I do and I've I've done it for so long uh, that that's the real value in it. Right. You know, like when you, when you have all of those lumps from being Mm -hmm. a leader, uh, you know, in the real world and not uh, in a textbook, uh, you know, there's things that, that you've experienced and that you can apply today uh, that are fundamental um, that uh, a tool like AI uh, cannot replicate. Yeah. Yeah, they can't they can't replicate the human experience and then apply it into a new situation like you like you said. I think that's yeah. a that's a real a real important point. I do I do see that there are some there's some interesting applications though. We've got uh John John Baglino saying hello. He's listening. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm, I'm making I'm, sure I'm, I don't get myself into trouble, uh John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But there, but I'm, I'm, there are some interesting applications. But again, when we talk about AI, I think this is, a, you know, chat GPT and what we see as AI today in the press, as you said, you said a while ago now, you said this, it's been around a long time. We've been programming things, you know, go back even just a few years with some of these chat bots that are on these bigger company websites yeah. that can walk you through a lot of stuff. That's a form of AI, right? It's yeah. just not as advanced into the conversational pieces. And I think some of the interesting stuff that I'm hearing now that that may 
really take this to another level is to be able to do something. I was talking to a gentleman last week that, or two weeks ago that was talking about taking for a very large corporation, all of their HR rules, regulations, everything that they have across the globe and putting that data set into an AI based thing so that now Damon can ask an a HR question of this system and it will answer it and it will answer it correctly. And right now they had people that were trying to look these obscure things up in this huge corporation, but this can bring it right to the forefront, give it to you, give, you know, and really, and he said that was around that specific data set though. It can't go outside that. It can't make yeah. up its own. It can't do anything. It's like using that. And you think about the advancement that that is to be able to reason and go, okay, this is where Damon's at. This is his position. This is this, this is what's applicable because that, that kind of programming is, is very hard for us to do now, but those things are really interesting. I think. Yeah, to totally agree. And, you know, like uh, not to get too into the weeds with AI, but, uh, you know, ChatGPT just released a pretty interesting feature along those lines where it will allow you to kind of give some background information as a behind the scenes input. I forget exactly what they call it. Uh, but if you go to your, you know, if you go to your settings, it is in there. Yeah, um, I saw that. And yeah. And so, so that has been implemented um, for a few weeks now, but the other thing, there are some other kind of standalone um, that I've seen. Uh, there's a guy I'm connected to. Uh, this is kind of his world. And he was showing me a tool that he had come across, which will basically allow you to, uh, in a similar context, kind of train a AI uh, you know, bot, but based on all of your input. So, you know, kind of, yeah. it'd be like, you know, me sitting there and training them on, you know, the stuff that I do on any given day, you know, to work with a client. Um, so yeah, super interesting stuff. Like I said, you know, it, it is certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, it is certainly a tool to be used, um, mm -hmm. you know, but to me that, that kind of goes to the, the bigger things I talk about too, right? Like how often have you heard, uh, the word system and technology be the same thing, you know, and it's, I just want to shout, you know, it's like, no, those two, those are different. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Those are different. <laughs> you know? Yes, they are. You know? Yes, so, they are. Yeah. Good, good. Well, I think, you know, there's, there, there are some exciting times for us in, in manufacturing and operations oh, yeah. around it to be able to, to see, where where are our systems whether they're ai driven or regular systems or just manual systems for that for that matter and are can really help us and then where you know where our experience is really going to lead us because manufacturing is changing i mean it's changing from the people that are doing it to the types of products we're making to the you know the supply chains we're dealing with and yeah. and where things are manufactured so uh, some exciting stuff going on. And, uh, when, when you talk about, you say something on your profile, I really, I like it every time I see it. It's like running in heavy boots. I believe when you're talking about when your systems aren't working right, or your processes aren't working right. Um, that's a good analogy. So let's jump off on that a little bit. You, you get to help these people do these things. What are some of the, the typical, process things that you see holding these manufacturing businesses up? Yeah. I mean, it, it generally kind of falls into a couple of buckets, you know, um, an easy spot to start is, you know, product quality, right? There's, there's always opportunities in and around that, uh, whether that starts from, you know, kind of customer defects or whether that's internal stuff, um, you know, that's, that's always a good spot to start asking questions, mm -hmm. um, you know, and beyond that, then, then what I'm really doing is kind of diving into the key business systems and that's universal, right? That, that applies in manufacturing mm -hmm. and, and, you know, well beyond that. Um, so we're talking about, you know, enterprise management kind of what, what's that, you know, back to that strategy piece, you know, and, and that could certainly include technology. Uh, you know, if we're talking, 
you know, sub 20 million, probably not really high level, probably that 20 to about a hundred million is going to, you know, most likely have uh, some sort of ERP in place, uh, you know, and then beyond that, it, it just kind of continues to be more mature, um, you know, so, but we're talking about enterprise management, we're talking about financial management, we're talking about, uh, you know, IT infrastructure, admin, customer development, uh, you know, and operations, right? Like, how do we do the thing that we're actually doing? So talking about all of those through the lens of, you know, the planning people process technology and understanding how those systems are interfacing with each other, you know, as we start to talk about specific, you know, process flows, as we're talking about order to cash, let's say, as we're talking about inventory management, as we're talking about quality management, you know, as we're talking about, you know, how do we deliver, uh, you know, estimates? How do we, mm-hmm. you know, treat our engineering department? How do we, you know, it, it's the, it's endless. You know, it's literally yes. endless and limitless in terms of what we can look for to, uh, you know, to optimize and, and to take a look at, you know, what are we doing today? How can we do this more efficiently? Uh, and again, all looking for those opportunities to drive, you know, additional profitability back to the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you're in businesses, you're talking about process optimization. Do you think that we've, when we look at opportunities generally in opportunities, do you think that we've optimized the manufacturing floor to a point that we have more opportunities on business systems and, and the ancillary things around the manufacturing now, or do you think there's still the, the bigger benefit is still out on the manufacturing floor? I think it's both. Um, obviously it depends on kind of, you know, maturity of the business in terms of mm-hmm. how they look at, you know, process improvement and, you know, kind of generalized like operational excellence, right. Which just fancy, fancy words for continuous improvement. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, I would say to answer that effectively, it depends on the maturity of the business. Um, I, I have been into out of my entire career, right? So we're talking a long time now, a, a, cu- a couple close to a few decades uh, of businesses that I've been into. Uh, and I would say that I could count on one hand uh, the number of those businesses that were fully optimized, both on the manufacturing yeah. floor and across the organization. Uh, that should speak volumes to the question that you just asked, right? <laughs> Like, we just got a lot of stuff. We just need to figure out where the biggest opportunity is. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, again, it's kind of never ending, right? Because all of the factors are always changing. Yeah. All right. 10 Good years point. ago, right. Was a different set of, yeah. uh, you know, kind of employee dynamics, right. That, that was five years ago, right. Pre-pandemic versus yeah. post-pandemic, two sets of kind of things we were dealing with from a, a culture piece from a, a hybrid work piece. And, and that impacts manufacturers just like it does other types of businesses, right? Yeah. So the, the dynamics are always changing. The variables are always changing. What doesn't change is the fundamentals, you know, the, the cycle of continuous improvement, the business systems that we need to be successful. Those two things do not change. They never, you know, I, 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 I hate to say they never will, right? But they never have in all of these yeah. years. Those are the things that you need. If you look at a 50, 100, a billion dollar business, you will find all of those things. And then you will find levels of maturity from that optimization piece, right? To get to $100 million in revenue, you got to kind of know what you're doing now. Yeah. Some of it you could kind of fake till you make, because let's face it, a lot of revenue fixes a lot of inefficiency in the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. but you know, like I'll give you this example. So I was in a conversation earlier this week and somebody kind of glossed over and said, you know, well, you know, manufacturing, I mean, that's like, you know, pretty generalized single digit, you know, net profitability. I said, if you don't know what you're doing, it is, I yeah, said, but yeah. I was routinely in operations that we were delivering double digit and mm-hmm. high double digit net mm-hmm. profitability numbers mm-hmm. yeah. in declining product segments, in relatively small businesses, right? Like 
my whole point is it's possible if that's what you're you know seeking out right and then that just creates cash to go out and do the rest of the cool stuff you know so yeah. it's like yeah let's do this <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, I I won't go down that road because I was going to go down <laughs> a different road because it's so good. It's so good. Just listen to you talk um, because there are these preconceived notions we have. And how many times when you're working with people on process optimization is the biggest challenge just preconceived notion? I'd say it's the biggest, right? Like it's, it's the, I think it's this, but it's not really this, it's that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, uh, you know, understanding kind of the work that really gets done, you know, because it's different than I can buy this piece of equipment and it's going to do this thing. I know how much it costs. I know, you know, that when they leave me, it's going to be able to do this amount of output all of that's very, you know, kind of black and white and and there's mm -hmm. some gray in and around that, you know that, but you know, it's a little bit more clearly defined than the work and the things that I talk about and ultimately do for companies because mm -hmm. it's a bit intangible, you know, so it is more challenging to understand what is the real value of this. And until you've seen it through your own eyes and you've seen a single digit 4% net profitability company go to a 24% net profitability company without changing revenue, sometimes decreasing revenue, and with the same number of employees, with the same equipment mix, with no change in sales and marketing, with, you know, when you, until you see that, you're kind of like, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, like you just don't believe it because yeah. it doesn't seem possible, you know, and mm -hmm. I would argue that it's more fun in general to talk about, we grew revenue by, you know, 15%. We did this by, but, but the reality of it is when you go to sell your business, when you go to take out a loan on your business, if you want to buy another piece of equipment, if you want to bring in top level talent, like the best way to do it is by freeing up cash that you already have inside of the four walls of your business. So, yeah. and, and I've not found any other way to do that beside optimizing your processes. Mm -hmm. And when you can do it, like you said, I'm, just, I'm looking here at just kind of roughing some things out. I mean, when you, you basically going from four to 24%, it's that's five X, uh, you know, and my math might be off, but it's five X. You think five X on that, you just increase the value of your company five times by doing that, whatever the multiple yeah. was. And it's to do that from a revenue standpoint is pretty crazy. I mean, you to, because you just, you simply will run out of capacity or run out of space. You'll run out of people. You'll run out of cash yeah. to generate that much, many sales. So uh, most people, I mean, you, when they Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was going to say not to cut you off, but I mean, you could say it in a completely different way for people too, right? How many times have you been into a business and you start to talk about these types of things and somebody says something along the lines of, you know, well, I, I need to bring on this new piece of equipment because, you know, we're out of capacity. It's like, oh, you guys are running around the clock. No, no, we run one shift. So how, wait a second you just told me you're out of capacity. I'm, I'm confused now. So you can't be out of capacity if you only run eight out of the 24 hours that there are in a day. Right. Yeah. And there's so many different ways to structure, you know, shifts and shift change and, you know, avoid working weekends and you can do ABCD, you could do right. Yeah. But the whole point is like, even something that simple in terms of how you're thinking about your business, right? Like, Though that's a huge, huge cash decision that you've just mm -hmm. made or committed to, um, you know, yeah. and and so it's you know again back to that strategy piece. Like, how do I how do I know those things? Well, because I had to do all the math and and work behind the scenes to figure out like, does this make sense? Does that not make sense? Do we just need to expand and work some overtime to cover this thing that we just sold, or yeah. do we really need to go and add you know a whole new shift? 
right? Is this something yeah. temporary? Is it long-term? Is it, you know, like it's just never <laughs> ending, you know? Exactly. Exactly. You make such a great point there too. I want to stop just for a second. We got yep. Dale in here today. He's talking about, yes, AI can help run businesses a lot easier when it's utilized properly. There's going to be some of these things we're going to see. Like I really think about these confined data sets to help people, Oh yeah, you know, customer service and, and just there's, there's so much in that. It's going to be fun. So Bob, is here oh cool bob. bob all right i think Dude. he's on vacation this week too yeah so. saw him Man. with his legs up the front of the boat it was all awesome right. he was out getting that going on and do you know anybody that cooks as good as he does i don't No, i love to cook and and I, if i could be half a as good of a cook as bob was, <laughs> i'm like i'd be in good Dude. shape yeah yeah I'm glad I don't live like two miles from him because I'd be right? 400 pounds. I'd be 400, <laughs> Damon. It would be ugly, but it's so good. So good. And he pairs it uh, with the, the right stuff. John's yeah. laughing. He's laughing. I think he was laughing at the guy that says, hey, we <laughs> we, we need another piece of equipment. <laughs> and he says, they say it with a straight face because they do, right? Yeah. I, I was in, hey, it happened to me in the molding industry. We were, we were running in, in that industry, in that business. They want, they thought that Monday through Friday, 24 hours was good. And, and, uh, when I said, well, we have this whole weekend here <laughs> and they're like, well, we don't run weekends. I said, why don't we run weekends? And I said, yeah. and then, then I said, well, why don't we try 12 hour shifts and do, like you said, the ABCD and let's let people work three days a week and get four days off. Let's see how that works for a while. And pretty soon you're running something that's running 24 seven. And I just added that 20 some percent capacity because we're right. out of capacity because yeah. there's only so fast you can get the things open and closing. You're yep. making parts for people. Yep. And the, 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 the utilization and, and that, that increase in utilization in these industries where you are really tight margin already like a CNC machining yeah. company, same thing. You get that extra output through those same pieces of equipment, that same rent, that same, you know, maintenance cost per hour of running that you're going to have. You just can't, I don't know why people don't do it. Well, <laughs> it's I a think, pain. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a boatload of work, you know, like <laughs> yeah. don't let anybody fool you. Yeah, it is it's a not easy. boatload of work, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I used to have hair when I started this, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's a boatload of work, but the, again, the, you know, it, it's, so, it's hard to say, right. Because until you see those types of things in like play out in real life, it is hard to kind of wrap your mind around but it is so cool when it comes together like mm -hmm. that. And, you know, and like you said, okay, so now, you know, now you go to the next step, right? So that's one step we're going 24 seven, right? Like, boom, we got, now we've got this additional capacity locked in. Now we're at capacity again. Well, what can we do from a throughput scenario, right? Like what can we do with single, you know, like the, the SMED, right? Like single minute exchange of die. What can we do with, you know, more efficient changeovers? What can we do with batch production? What can we do with inventory control? What can we do with, you know, order entry optimization? Like how can we batch incoming work with, you know, work in process, right? Like you can just go down this like crazy laundry list and squeeze like another probably 10%, you know, at least of, you know, real utilization and throughput in that same scenario, you know, like read the book, the goal, like one of the coolest yeah. stories of, of that exact, ex you know, situation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so yeah, man, it's, it's cool when you see it work itself out in, in, in real life. Um, it is a tremendous accomplishment, uh, you know, to be, to be celebrated, but it's possible. Um, you know, it's possible. I've seen it many times over, uh, in my, in my career and it's a lot of fun and it doesn't change any time that I've ever seen, uh, you know, big plane like that land. Uh, yeah. it's amazing, you know? Yeah, it really is. So Dave, what are you, what are you excited about now? What's exciting you in process optimization today? Uh, you know, I, I think in general, I think people with the, let's call it the resurgence of, 
of attracting and, uh, you know, retaining amazing people. Um, I think that the stuff that I do and that we talk about and that I love so much, I think it's going to continue to get more and more uh, interest and attention because the reality of it is, you know, whatever market we're talking about, there is a cap to that. There is a a real expense to go after additional market share. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you start to look at these either folks that are transitioning out of their businesses uh, that need to be able to, uh, you know, increase cash and increase value for their businesses. Mm -hmm. Or on the opposite side, you can look at a more mature organization that's bringing in some maybe new leadership folks that are kind of, you know, living the life I lived for so many years in the middle uh, between uh, C-suite and, uh, you know, what's actually happening out on the floor, right? Even in that scenario, they are looking for those opportunities because they're they're the ones that are are kind of now over leveraged, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I just shared an article the other day from uh, Harvard Business Review about you know the, the crisis of middle management, right? Well, that's been going on for a long time. It's not going to you know to to just mysteriously go away. So for me, what's exciting is kind of you know I think people are coming around to this realization that we can do more with what we have. And it's not necessarily about going out and, you know, either a looking for the shiny object with AI or something like that. Now, maybe there's, you know, an opportunity to leverage a tool like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's really kind of looking internally and bringing people together. And, um, you know, so that that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, Just the opportunity to kind of serve more people, get people as excited as I get about this stuff, because, you know, it's just I've loved it my whole life. I could talk about it for hours and it never gets old because while there's so many things that are similar, uh, every situation is unique because every situation has a different set of personalities, uh, you know, that are at play. Right. And that could be up and down or across the organization. Right. So that's different. And the other dynamics that go into, you know, a project or, you know, a uh, some sort of initiative that would that would kind of fall in this realm. There's going to be some dynamics that are different as well. That could be on the tech stack side. That could be, you know, process related. It could be just general org stuff. Um, So, yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. It and we got some more comments here. I want to gonna oh, boy. before we got Bob. This is something we'll we'll spend yeah. just a moment on. But the people first approach. I really and we'll get back to that. But the king of process is speaking John's language. There we go. <laughs> got that. And and then uh Bob's hitting optimization again. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Uh, we need like it, one of those confetti buttons or something, you know, every time yeah, somebody yeah. shouts <laughs> optimization. <laughs> oh man, I, I gotta I gotta I gotta oh, drop my pen. But we got a confetti button. I gotta see how there we you go. That. That so we'll, be... we'll get that on the telethon. We'll get that on <laughs> the telethon, David. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be funny <laughs> as heck. So the you know the the thing that I really am enjoying, and it might just be me and 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 uh, the clients I'm working with now, is it seems like the whole people challenge that we're going through has really caused companies to go back and look at, are we neglecting our people or are we really engaging our people? And I think that if there's anything that comes out of it, I hope is we can get more engagement because when you talk about taking a company from 4% to 24% profit, that doesn't happen without Damon who's, who's dumping garbage cans every day, helping us with what Damon knows. Cause Damon's yeah. smart in Damon's own way. And can Damon can help us make more money. And, and if you don't get those people engaged, you're not going to get those results. But I think hope, pray, that that's really starting to to help us engage everyone to build better businesses. Yeah. I mean, uh, to your point, right. When I was early on in my leadership uh, career and journey, you know, I, 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 as I told you, I grew up in a family run business and that family run business was started in, you know, the seventies and that was a different type of management style. And um, you know, that was the style that I brought with me. 
uh, because mm-hmm. that's how I learned, you know, yeah. and, and I was, you know, on top of that, I was a young kid that thought he knew a bunch of stuff. And, you know, so like those two things combined was definitely yeah. not great for culture, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we talked about bumps and bruises and, and bad decisions and, you know, I did all of that. And for me as uh, the real unlock for me and what I, where I saw it firsthand was the fact that, you know, as I continued to kind of grow and people constantly still saw something inside of me and gave me these opportunities to, to expand my responsibility and bigger departments than, you know, facilities and so on and so forth. That for me was the unlock to say like, man, I like now I'm in this facility that I, I don't know any of these people. I don't know any of the products. I don't know the, pro- you know, the equipment. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, how am I going to, I know what I have to do, right? Like I, I have to increase revenue. I have to increase profitability. Uh, and I need to do that like yesterday because this is a plant that was in transition. And if I don't, mm-hmm. this plant's going to close. Like that was, that was what was in Dave's mind about the reality of the situation. And so yeah. it was a real quick lesson of like, hey, everybody, like, here's kind of, you know, why I was, why I'm here, what I think we can do, <laughs> like, uh, how can we do this? You know, mm-hmm. so for me, it was that hands on. But I, I tell that story because I think it applies to everybody. I think it applies to a business owner who is not like that naturally. Okay. And I Mm -hmm. tell that story the same way, because here's the thing. If there is anything that people appreciate, it is transparency and honesty. And when I was a terrible leader, I would tell people that like, Hey, I'm sorry, I screwed this up. Like, I'm just not that good at this. Okay. But I want to be better. I want to change this. I want to you know, fill in the blank. Right. And I was like, what, you know, like, ah, you shouldn't say stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I should, because that's the reality of the situation. Okay. We're mm-hmm. all people. We're, we're all trying to figure it out. And yeah, some of us have different titles, right. But when you approach leadership from that standpoint and you're that candid about it and you own, you know, the, the S H I T that you've pulled before, mm-hmm. what, I mean, yeah, people might still like kind of be, you know, but that will go away. That will break mm-hmm. down over time. You know, as long as you continue to show up, as long as you continue to try, as long as you continue to ask for feedback. And for me, all of that comes back to process, right? It, it really does. It's fundamental. It's foundational. And if you don't have those processes in place, you know, oh. even to run a meeting, right? Like if you don't have a yeah. process to run an effective meeting. Yep. What you should not be meeting with people. Okay. That could be one on one. I love that. That could be team department. You know, that could be all, you know, all hands meet, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's that level of granularity that you can apply the things that I talk. Like, yeah, you don't need me to create a, a meeting agenda for you. Right. But you could certainly use the things I talk about to, to think through what is an appropriate process for you to host a meeting for your group, you know, your mm-hmm. team, your organization, your department. Right. So, the king of process dropping bombs again. That's what <laughs> you it get is, me right on my there. soapbox, man. It's, That's you, good. Know, you, you can't give me a platform like this to just talk about process. I can go, you know, off the rails. <laughs> no, but I think it's I think it's good. It's a it's 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 an approach that that um we have to do it in and especially now when we want to engage people, we want to show them so much, you know include them and and make them feel part of something bigger than than themselves i mean that's that's what we really all want to be and um how you wove that together with process and how that can help us is is fundamental and and important because for a long time we we've neglected it i mean everything like you say process and i was just working with a client the other day well what's your onboarding process how does it look from the from the the candidate's perspective have you gone through it no i said let's go through it together and we walked it i said okay when i look at this and there's things you know things that we we found and we changed the the steps in it and changed those things but we you look like you're talking about process 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 and then people don't think about your recruiting process do you just throw a job ad up on 
on uh, whatever platform and hope that the right person does it? Or, or, you know, do you have a network of things that go out and find the right people yourself? You know, there's yeah. all this stuff that we can do when we think about it. And when we turn it into a process and we get a, even a little bit of documentation, that means that I've got a repeatable, more repeatable exactly. process that I can do again. Exactly. And Consist consistency is, you know, is key. It's key internal, it's key external, right? Like you're talking yep. about uh, employee onboarding, right? Like I'll give you a great example of that. Um, you know, how often have you heard from a business owner, uh, you know, and it certainly would apply in a leadership, uh, you know, generalized leadership role as well. But how often have you heard like, oh, you know, Joe over here, he's, he's you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to make it, you know, he's not doing what we need him to do. It's like, okay, we just have job description. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we got a job description, you know, does he understand like what his roles and responsibilities? Yeah. 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 Have you ever told Joe what success looks like from your eyes? Have you given Joe the bounds and the goal to understand what success looks like from your perspective, right? I'm not talking about a job description. I'm talking about yeah. what does success look like? What yep. are my KPIs? What am I trying to do here? You know, yep. and generally the answer is, huh, haven't really thought about that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And that's okay though, right? Like that's okay. Now there's an opportunity to optimize your process. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, awesome, man. Like you said, we could we could probably be here for hours and hours I know. and hours. <laughs> and I I just wanna I wanna ask you one last question and and we can move on from there. So do you think the Lions are going to have a football team this year? Man, I you know, everybody's all geeked up because it's, you know, preseason this weekend. And, uh, you know, last year we're coming off the big, you know, a big great end of the year. It's the yeah. same story every year. <laughs> you know, call me when they get to the playoffs. I'll let you know if I'm tuning in or not. Yeah. So I say yep. it, they're always fun to go to yes. no matter how they're doing. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, unless you're unless you're a Packers fan, because well, if Matt Goosey's listening to this, we always have to give <laughs> Packers a bad time. So thanks a lot for being here, Dave. I always enjoy it when you stop by and talk about process. If somebody wants to reach out to you and talk to you about, you know, a process, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, best way. I hang out on LinkedIn quite a bit. Uh, so you can always find me there, shoot me a DM, or you can find me uh, on our website. Uh, which is just the Chrysler with no H dot club. All right. All right, man. Well, thanks for being here today. I want to thank Bob for stopping by Bob. I hope you're still on vacation. Yeah, man. And, Jeez. And if you were, why the heck are you commenting here today? <laughs> Unless you're just having fun doing it. I want John. Thanks. Dale. Thanks guys for being here. Thanks everyone for that. I was listening, but wasn't commenting. We will be back again with another awesome guest. Dave, hang out just for a moment and we'll catch yeah. up and be done. Thanks, awesome. everyone. Thanks, Damon.